Hello, and welcome to Learn It From a Layman. I'm not Carl Christensen. I think people can tell that. And the last time, someone else took over the intro from me. I it crashed and burned relatively quickly, didn't it, Cameron? <laughs> it, it did, but I thought it was hilarious. It was pretty good, actually. I mean, crashed and burned in the way that, like, all of a sudden, I um, I saw my life flash before my eyes. And uh, No, but uh, it is Learner from Layman, and that was not Carl Christensen, because I'm Carl Christensen. That was Matt, and you heard the voice of Cameron, and we're back together without Tim. Poor Tim. It's um, such sad parting. Yep, exactly. Uh, today we're going to be discussing goals and resolutions, but in this case we're going to be talking about the science of goals because it's such a nebulous kind of touchy-feely type of uh, thing. These uh, those are very uh, scientific terms. There. <laughs> well, that's the problem, right? Is uh, around this time of year, the beginning of the year. This is the beginning of 2022. Um, People talk about setting goals. Fifth on the East Coast. Right. Well, near the beginning, I said. And fourth on the West Coast, because we keep doing these podcasts that. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't have a lot of. (laughs) Morning. It's a difficult problem, okay? Um, Anyway, the. the resolutions and goals that people set around this time of year are often, uh, I, I mean, they, they're even said when, when people make them that, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I'll, hold, I'll keep this for a week. Um, they make them jokingly and never plan to actually keep them. So uh, the, I'm more interested in this, the science of setting goals and resolutions and being able to keep them and why you should set them and those types of things. So we're going to talk about the science of goal setting and uh and a few examples, a few anecdotes, if you will. So, uh, Cameron, Matt, are you resolution or goal people? Uh, I am. I try to be because I also believe that goals have a noble purpose, uh, but I don't often succeed with them because I am a normal human. Quite. Cameron? Cameron is more the strong, silent type. He doesn't realize his mic is on mute. <laughs> his uh, his goal is to speak uh, less on the podcast. I, I find it just mostly just a waste of time because I never am able to complete them anyway. So Well, then today is why, your podcast. This why you even try? All right. Well, I'll tell you why to try. Um, so we're going to talk first. So. I mean, you want to disambiguate, and that's one of the, I think, important first steps is there's uh, goals versus intentions, right? I think you just made up that word. I do, too. I was going to make wisecrack about how my new goal was to learn a new word every day, and now I did. But I think Cameron's right. I don't think disambiguate is a word. (laughs) And if it is, it's certainly not a layman word, so, yeah. (laughs) Well, the layman come to us, fellow layman. In order to get, you know, these Sting, new wide-eyed, naive, <laughs> thinking that we're going to use English to talk to them, and then well, we throw disambiguate at them. <laughs> they appreciate it. They love it. And they keep coming back for more. Uh, you want to disambiguate? Very creepy. <laughs> between goals and intentions, because intentions are more, um, you know, thoughts. Uh, goals are more specific, uh, more. Uh, planned out and those we're going to talk a little bit about the goal theory right now so uh, a lot of this i'm going to be talking about today comes from edwin Locke, 
who is a pioneer in goal setting theory. Um, and uh, he's, I believe he's still alive. Um, anyway, this is all relatively recent um, uh, theory. I mean, obviously, you can imagine humans have been setting goals back since, uh, you know, Thud, the caveman's goal was to start a fire. Um, and what was his name? Thud, I believe. <laughs> okay. They're all they're all onomatopoetic names back then because they didn't, uh, um, you know. They they, they had the instead. intention to start language, but they'd never set the goal to start language. <laughs> yes, exactly. That, yeah, so I, I think you're right. It is important to uh, what would be a good word distinguish or disambiguate, if you will, uh-huh. between uh, goals and intentions. But quite. Um, yes, and so goals. Uh, Let's talk about some different types of goals and ways that you set goals and why goals and how to set goals in a meaningful way so that your goals can be different than your intentions. Uh, what is it? The, the popular saying, the, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Wait, so, yeah, wait, I, I'm a little confused, though. You want our goals? I, I, w- I would have thought maybe you're going to explain why I'm wrong here. Uh, but as a layman with layman experience with goals and intentions, I would have thought the trick would be to get your goals and intentions to align. Yes, but here's the thing. Intentions are more like uh, step one, where goals would be like step 10 along this road. Like you you start with intentions, and if that's where you end, that's also where those intentions usually end as well, because you have never planned to actually uh, carry those out. They're just something that exists in your neurons uh, with as a uh, potential outcome if it happens to you instead of making it happen, right? So okay. intentions, you want so to that, take... That, that's that big thing that you want to distinguish is right. is the the difference and, and how to make sure that your Taking intentions, intentions don't remain intentions. Yeah, exactly. I, I see. Okay, good, good thing we made that distinction. Okay, all right. Well, I've disambiguated well here. Okay. Uh, I'm not... No. Okay. And yeah, so, so help me if anyone says nuclear on this podcast. <laughs> oh, and I will. And I will. Um, so the uh, so you want to formalize your intentions by setting goals. And so if if you in the past have set resolutions that are actually more of intentions, and then you wonder why they fail, well that's why they failed. You haven't formalized them and given them a good theory, a good science backing them, this uh, psychology that actually will help you achieve. And let me give you reasons to achieve and how to achieve. So like I said, Edwin Locke, um, in his in his 80s, I did confirm, apparently still alive at least as of January 4th. Um, so uh, let's look at um, so there are there are five key principles of goal setting. So clarity. Uh, so how specific and comprehensive the goal is. Um, so you want to be very clear. Obviously, when you set a goal, you can't be nebulous with it. Uh, you can't, if someone asks you what your goal is and you can't define it well for them, and then you haven't set this principle of goal setting uh, correctly. Uh, challenge, how difficult the goal is. This is number two. A challenge, how difficult the goal is and the degree to which it requires us to extend our abilities. Um, so obviously that's what goals are and generally we all know that underlyingly but if your goal is to do something that you're already doing and or that you cannot do like I am not going to set a goal in 2022 to become an astronaut 
because it turns out I cannot do that. There's some bitterness uh, there. <laughs> so you want something that will extend and or stretch you, uh, something that will challenge you, um, but not something that you cannot achieve. I'm not going to set a goal to break the four minute mile uh, in running because come on. Um, but, you know, I, I have if I know my capacity, um, then I want to stretch that. And that's what I'm going for with these goals. So number three, uh, commitment. These are the five key principles of goal setting. Or number three, commitment. How dedicated are we to reach the goal and what value it renders to us? So this is like the utilitarian part of it. So what is there value in this? Uh, and if so, do we value that highly enough that we're committed to it? So there would be a lot of value, actually, in me becoming an astronaut except I can't do it, right? So that's the challenge. So, um, but therefore I'm not committed to it. Um, there's a lot of value in me, say, starting a multi-billion dollar co company, but uh, I, that's more than I'm ready to commit to. So, um, so you need to find things that you are ready to commit to and that you can, that you see value in. Uh, so let me, th this is one where, uh, you know, parents of children in particular might want to take note as your children are setting their goals, you will often find them trying to set goals that they're absolutely willing to commit to that have zero value, like I want to become a popular Minecraft streamer or some other garbage like that. Um, right. Yes, exactly. So if we're setting uh, goals to do something that would probably better actually not be done at all, uh, then let's consider that, that well, what value it renders to us is uh, zero or negative in that case. So, um, uh, but yeah, I was going to give you an anecdote here. So um, how dedicated are we to reach the goal and what value does it render to us? This is one, once again, beginning of the year, we often think of exercise goals or something like that. Uh, I don't think this has come up in the podcast, at least not recently, but I am a casual triathlete. I've done some triathlons, and last year I was challenged and uh, set the goal to do an Olympic triathlon. So I did that with my brother-in-law, and that will come back in the next um, principle of goal setting as well. But uh, so uh, so looking at the value proposition there, uh, I decided, oh, this is going to give me a reason to stay in shape and give me a hard deadline to be uh, mindful of. And so how dedicated was I to reach it? Well, once again, once you set and pay for a race, and this is one a lot of people wonder when they ask, why do you do triathlons or races and things like that? Well, that gives you this this part of the goal setting. If you put the commitment in, and this is money where your mouth is type of commitment, um, then all of a sudden you have a reason to do it. And so I committed the first of the year in 2021 to do this Olympic triathlon. And at the end of July, I achieved that goal. We did uh, both complete it alive. And so it was a successful goal, and uh, we both benefited as a result of it, uh, me and my brother-in-law, that is. So um, that's an example of, of being committed to it and a way to commit <clears throat> to something. So the next goal-setting key principle is feedback. And like I said, my brother-in-law committed with me to do this race. And so that gives you that next part, an important part of goal setting, and that's feedback. So it's a, it says how our achievements are perceived and recognized by others. Positive feedback increases satisfaction after achieving the target. So when I did this with my brother-in-law, I not only had um, 
him giving me feedback after the race. It was also during the race while I was doing the the run up and the and the work to to do the 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 Olympic triathlon that he was, we were talking together about our training. We were talking about how, what we needed to do to prepare, uh, all those types of things. And so, uh, it gave, uh, gave me a lot of positive feedback and, and reinforcement that I needed to actually prepare for this. It wasn't one of those one and done fly by night. I'll, I'll get ready next week type of things. It was, I got to get ready now because this is otherwise going to end me. Um, so what, how our achievements are perceived and recognized by others does matter uh, in this goal setting theory. And once again, this is we're not talking. This isn't Carl's list of, of ways to achieve key principles you know, of go- your goal. This is Edwin Locke, who is a psychologist, uh, psych- yeah, uh, a professor and and has studied these things and so he's this is the formalized theory behind goal setting so these are things that to, to take to the bank is what i'm saying um so last number uh, number five in this goal setting is complexity the difficulty of the tasks we need to accomplish for reaching the ultimate goal um so you've got to analyze the complexity so once again like i said uh the, the challenging complexity i think they kind of go hand in hand but they're certainly both elements that we need to take into consideration. So the difficulty of the tasks that we need to accomplish for reaching the ultimate goal. Um, So with my example of an Olympic triathlon, the challenge was doable, right? The the difficulty was relatively high, but it was something I, I, but the the complexity was another consideration because we had to sign up for uh, this triathlon. We had to get our, our, ourselves, me and my brother-in-law had to get there. We had to get there with our bikes. We had to know the route. I had to uh, train in uh, up to a particular level. So there were a lot of, a lot of complexity that went into it as well, as far as just making sure that I was ready for this. Um, And this isn't actually the most complex thing I've done with my brother-in-law in in the triathlon field. Matt also, uh, the, the, uh, what was a Doxa race back a few years ago. Remember that complexity, Matt? Yeah. You're uh, not just a casual triathlete. You're kind of, what's the word? Um, A virus, a viral (laughs) triathlete. Yes. So I may have uh, also taken down my brother, uh, so Matt did it with me. Uh, Cameron also uh, accompanied us on that uh, the most recent uh, team triathlon. So if any of those listening are familiar with a Ragnar race, it's a relay style running race where you have multiple people involved and you run. Um, and those were all over the place. Well, we found a race that was a, a relay style triathlon. So there are 30, 36 legs, 12 swimming, 12 biking, 12 running, uh, covered uh, 200 and 80 miles or so and we signed up for it well i signed up for it three times um but only one or twice i got you in there twice didn't i matt yeah i did um and Cameron came along with us once as well uh and it was uh, quite complex anyway that goal setting there was uh significant because the complexity of the task was uh monumental uh we had a lot of moving pieces at one point we were managing three teams so we had 30 people uh that we were trying to get along this race here but um, once again, back to goal setting theory, clarity, challenge, commitment, feedback and complexity are all things you need to take into consideration that are uh, key principles of goal setting. And uh, so let's move on now to three types of goals. Once again, these come from Edwin Locke. Um, there's the process goals. And these are ones involved in uh, execution of plans. Say I'm going to the gym in the morning or taking the, uh, the helps, uh, health supplements on time and repeating the same action every day is a process goal. 
So if your goal is to go to the gym every day, then that's great. That's a process goal, though, right? That's a I need to do this daily. And that's my goal is to, to achieve this process. Um, there's performance goals. And these are goals help in tracking progress and give us a reason for continuing the hard work. Um, so, for example, studying for no less than six hours a day or working out for at least 30 minutes per day can help us in quantifying our efforts. So not only are you going to the gym, you're saying I need to make sure that I do it 30 through 30 minutes a day or I need to make sure that a week I get six hours a week in or whatever that might be. Uh, this is something where I've, I've heard before um, that it's important not only to measure your performance, but that's where the, the other key um, uh, step in goal setting is important where we talked about feedback. There's a quote that I heard when performance is measured, performance improves when performance is measured and reported. Repeat, the, the rate of improvement accelerates. So you want to make sure that you not only um, track it, set these performance goals, that you then also report that you have some type of feedback inside of that uh, this these performance goals. Honestly, any type of these goals, right? Even the process goals, you want your feedback loop in in place. And we'll talk a little bit more that, uh, about that as well. Finally, the outcome goals are successful implementations of process and performance goals. So this would be more like along the lines of um, performing a race. A, wouldn't that be like I want to win an award or something? Yeah, yeah, that's a good example, right? So instead of just um, so I had my triathlon goal was I, uh, what was it to to do the Olympic triathlon in less than two and a half hours, um, and so. That is a outcome goal. Um, and so winning a race is great, but let's be realistic. For someone like me, I'm not going for a win on a big race, uh, but you, your specific outcome goals are still important. Um, and you want to make sure that you are achieving something that you can measure and that you can uh, stretch for. Going to the gym 30 minutes a day is a good goal. It is, however, not an outcome goal and if you do not have an outcome in mind, your outcome is going to slip back to, well, I'm, I'm going to the gym and then you're spending 10 minutes talking to the person at the front desk and then you're another 10 minutes stretching and then you jog for 10 minutes and you go home. Uh, you're going to the gym, but you're not getting the same cardiovascular strength related uh, benefits. And I'm using a lot of gym examples, but these go across the board, reading books, um, learning an instrument, learning a language, all those types of things, you need to have some type of an outcome associated with, with it as well. Okay, uh, anything to add there, Matt? Do you want to put in, uh, I, I don't know, I think you've actually done a pretty good job, but could we just do like some contrasting examples between what intention versus goal would be like for some of those things? Oh, sure. So with the process goal, um, let's, let's come up with some good examples here. So like I said, we, we said going to the gym in the morning and, or, and, and, uh, repeating the same action every day. So you, your day, your, your goal is to, to go to the gym daily. Your intention would be, I want to go to the gym more often. Okay. Right. That's you're looking at more nebulous and less specific, right? You're yeah. looking at more like, oh, I want to get in better shape. If that's your new New Year's resolution, I'm afraid to tell you you've already failed. Uh, because I, I don't think you had a lot of trepidation about that at all. You just kind of came <laughs> out and said it. Wow. Yeah, that's what I do. 
Well, there goes our fat listener. But no, sorry. <laughs> oh, my. Um, um, yes, quite. Uh, no, I mean, people have good intentions, right? I, I believe that the, the vast majority of the 7 billion people in the world have good intentions, and many of them set reason, even set reasonable goals. The problem is you have to have all of these principles of goal setting uh, in a row, your ducks in a row, in order to really be able to achieve and, and, and move forward. Now, some of you have this already lined up and you're very good goal setters. And so these are either things that you already do and maybe haven't formalized or things that you know quite well. Um, well and to be clear, I mean, yes, you have to have all these things in a row. But, you know, here at Learn It From a Layman, our purpose in life is to tell you things not that are super hard and unreachable, but things that are actually kind of easy once you just know how to do them. So, right. yeah. Calculus. Well, okay. Bad example, <laughs> thank you. But yeah, I mean, this this goal setting process can be done. It's not hard. Right. It's just something to be aware of so that your intentions can become, uh, you know, turn into an outcome or a performance right. or a, right. or a process that actually happens. Yes, exactly. And, and I mean, most people know this kind of underlyingly, but when you set a goal, uh, when you set a process goal, you're setting essentially a lifestyle for yourself. And so you have to, once again, go back to those key principles of goal setting and saying, are you ready for that challenge? Are you, are you, are you committed to it? Uh, because if you don't want to change your life in that way, don't set that goal. Right. Because that means that you are that goal is is I mean, we could go into um, <laughs> some type of philosophy here, like Kantian desires and whatever. We're not going to talk about that will be some future day when we talk about Kant. Um, Why? What? <laughs> oh, it's it's fine. Um, OK. Anyway, you you want to set goals that are meaningful and and that. um versus intentions that have the potential to be meaningful but are more like uh, passive uh, wants right and that's the difference is you want to you want to formalize these so the performance goal that would be more of intention based is um, I want to uh, try so try uh, once again performance goals tracking progress and giving a reason to continuing the hard work so you kind of start moving away from intentions when you move up this these three types of goals so performance goal might be that you have uh, sorry performance intention might be um that i want to work out um you know three hours a week and that's going to look very much like the goal itself the problem is that that's just the first step right then it's you've got to make plans for it commit to it uh, establish that feedback and work through the complexity of the goal not just say i want this and then forget about it or hope that it happens to you um you got to clear up your schedule you got to make sure that you have someone to watch the kids or the dog uh, you have to make sure that you have a gym pass and you have someone either to go with or someone that you're going to provide feedback to on a relatively re frequent basis that's going to hold you accountable. Um, all of those things are important when changing your lifestyle because you've you've chosen a lifestyle that fits you in the way that you are right now. And so if you want something different about it, you have to change more than just words. Um, you have to change uh, execution of your life. Um, and so that that's a multi-step process. So let's move on to a, a, f a few ways that uh, this is according to Locke and Latham. 
who I believe is another professor in psychology, says goals affect performance in the following ways. Goals direct attention and effort toward goal-relevant activities. Difficult goals lead to greater effort. Goals increase persistence with difficult goals prolonging effort. And goals indirectly lead to uh, discovery and use of task-relevant knowledge and strategies. So this kind of gets me more to the last part of the podcast where I wanted to talk about why you should set goals. A lot of people are thinking, well, I'm happy with my life as it is. Why should I do anything to why, why do I need to set goals? And uh, hopefully the idea is that you have rewards that you get and uh, and or um, progress that you make. And so being happy with where you're at is great, but that doesn't mean that you can't improve and ways to move forward in life um, are rewarding yourselves. Um, so let's talk about a few examples of how this works. Uh, I, one way, just anecdotally of my own, before we look at a few studies where they looked at these, um, <laughs> I uh, used to live with, uh, back in college, our one of our frequent co-hosts who uh, we didn't invite, uh, just kidding, we did, but Tim didn't come. Uh, I used to live with Tim in college, and we, uh, Tim taught me how to juggle. And I was struggling mightily, and then we had the opportunity to do a talent show. Now, what's and, the value proposition on juggling? <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. All right. Um, I know so that we will. I, I think we will. Okay. The uh, so I've been doing. We've I've been making some progress, but once again, without a specific outcome goal, it was kind of just passively like, oh, I you know I'm going to practice juggling a little bit. Um, and then we had an outcome goal all of a sudden because I signed us up for a talent show, <laughs> a church talent show. Um, and I told him after the fact, which is what I did usually when I did things like this to him, that we were going to be doing juggling together, pair juggling at this talent show in front of our whole church group. And uh, <laughs> uh, Tim's not the usual type of person that, that does that type of thing, but it is um, great once again to get, have that kind of feedback and uh, have someone that pushes you like that. So we had that outcome goal set and all of a sudden we had to achieve and we, uh, but the reward then, so the, and the reason, the pro value proposition in this juggling was more than just hand-eye coordination, which is, by the way, Matt, one of the value propositions of juggling, and significant, if Yay. I don't say so myself. Hey, yeah, it's also I, one of the value propositions for Minecraft. That doesn't make it worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, but more people are impressed when I juggle than uh, when I click buttons on the computer. So. Uh. Uh, Anyway, uh, you, okay, were, yes. you were getting to an actual point here, which I yes, was anxious I was. to hear because I don't believe it. Uh. So we went to this church talent show. We did our act and it went off quite swimmingly. Um, I can't say that we were professional jugglers, but we had a nice juggling routine. But we also paired it with some some comedy, as I think most people are, are used to juggling, um, having some comedy involved, unless you're incredibly talented at juggling a, a a comedy less uh, juggling show is a bit hard to watch because as soon as a ball drops or whatever something drops, it's it's just hard to come back from. And uh, unless you are a serious professional, that you drop you drop some juggling balls sometimes. So um, soon in our next case, time when we discuss how to be a professional juggler on learning from a layman. <laughs> um, Anyway, we did our show, went off quite well. The jokes we had prepared also went off quite well, and, and we won the uh, award for the best 
talent that night. And my wife, my future wife, may have actually been in the audience that night. And um, her brother was also there, and they may have actually discussed me and my cousin after the show and said, uh, wouldn't it be cool if you married one of them? Now, her response might have been that would never happen, but it did happen. So, um, so if- like, never mind, we won't go into that. <laughs> Good work. Goals exactly. get you a wife. That's what you should all take away. Whereas if you simply had the intention to juggle, uh, it wouldn't have happened. Exactly. Do you, um, do you want to recap those five principles that make a goal a goal? Yes. Clarity, challenge, commitment, feedback, and complexity. So um, let's talk about a few examples outside of my little anecdote of juggling. I could come up with more, but there's uh, this. So this um, there's a number of different uh, examples, studies that they've done. Um, uh, just a quick summation of a few before we read some examples. Uh, it says that um, professors get tenure faster with goals, employees get larger raises, students learn up to 250% faster. Um, So, and these are all results of research. Uh, So it says research has shown that ambitious goals are far more motivating. A study published in the Journal of Applied Psychology found that people who committed to an ambitious goal, in this case, reducing energy consumption by 20% actually ended up saving energy. People committed to an easier goal ended up consuming the same amount as before. So if you, that's one of those, if you small amount of, uh, if your goal is to barely reach outside of what you're already doing, you're probably not going to change as opposed to a more uh, lifestyle altering kind of thing. Right. Huh. Um, this one, okay. So this, here's another uh, example. Um, Lance, this is a landmark study of multiple sclerosis patients in the University of Texas. Uh it says researchers found that MS patients who set ambitious wellness goals had fewer, less severe symptoms than a control group. In effect, goal setting actually helped heal their brains. So that's a, a great example of why goal setting would be good. Um, chronic illness is nothing to joke about. Uh, and so instead, let's set goals about trying to overcome it as best you can. Now, no one's saying that you're going to set a goal to overcome MS, but that you're going to uh, limit some of the effects of it. It appears that's possible, right? Um, the, that's a great reward for setting a goal, right? Okay, so another, it says another um, example, another study uh, showed that so it's uh, for 10 weeks, 41 participants received goal plans and were either set by supervisors or chosen by the participants themselves. The results were participants with difficult goals achieved greater success than others, and that's essentially what we just talked about. Uh, participants with higher self-esteem did better on task accomplishments, and participants with a greater understanding of why the goal was necessary for them had more chances of being successful with the target plans. So that's more about the, the goal theory. So understanding some of these things of why I would set this goal and, and or being confident in yourself and being able to do it, those lead to actually achieving goals. So if you don't have self-esteem and uh, maybe that's a goal, increase self-esteem. And how, uh, that's, I guess that's more of an intention. That, that sounds a lot like an intention. Right, how would exactly. you make self-esteem, that, that, that's a difficult right. one. How would you make that become a goal? Right, that's, that, that's a good question. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing what you would need to do is set a goal to um, 
talk to friend a, a friend daily about um yeah, well, whatever it is, it would have to involve like a specific process that you monitor and carry out, uh, whether it's, Correct. you know, affirmations. I don't know if those work, but right. that might be a thing. Um, and, and set feedback in once again. So challenge yourself, clarity. So wh whether or not it's you, you start with uh, public speaking in front of a, a few friends, um, yeah. challenge yourself, get com commit to it, feedback and, and have them provide feedback and tell them that you're working on self-esteem. So help them give you some very positive feedback, ways that you can improve, things like that, um, because the more uh, you put yourself out there and, and, and have good feedback, the higher that self-esteem is going to go. So. Um, but yeah, that, let's see another study here. So this is a study conducted by Dr. Gail Matthews. Um, so it sought to find evidence for claims coming out of Harvard that well-planned and well-written goals impact students' performance and achievements. So this, in, in this study, 267 participants were recruited from business and professional networking groups to take part. Uh, they were divided into five groups. The first group set no goals and had no plans. The second group set goals but not prepare a plan to execute them. The third group prepared well-defined goals and plans of action to achieve them. The fourth group prepared well-defined goals and plans of action, then sent these to a supportive friend. And the fifth group prepared well-defined goals, plans of actions, then sent these to a supportive friend together with weekly progress reports. Results revealed that the fifth group, who had their goals written with concrete plans of action and drew on the support of a friend to hold them accountable, accomplished significantly. And my uh, parentheses here would be, I'm assuming that's statistically significantly, um, more than all the other groups. This study serves to highlight the benefits of writing down goals and action plans. So that's that's kind of moving up those that ladder of what we were talking about, those five key elements to goal setting. A goal theory and that's once again the, the the benefit of science and a scientific term versus kind of a nebulous uh out there term like disambiguate I can, <laughs> right i can use the word goal in normal day-to-day -day parlance and say oh i have a goal of of being nicer to people this year well is that really a goal when you when you get down to the goal science of it no it's not right uh and so that's why making this more scientific really grounding it in some theory um, can help you uh, recognize that's not really even a goal at all the the first group that uh, even the second group that set goals but did not prepare a plan to execute them didn't really have goals they had good intentions and so let's uh, the just all I'm hearing there is that i don't have to be nice to people anymore i don't understand that. what uh, what i'm hearing is i don't have to be nice anymore because it's not a real goal. I don't no. have to be nice to people because it's not a real goal. It's not. That's what you just said. Oh, oh, because my goal was to be nice to people, and it wasn't a real goal. Right. Well, not uh, to be nice to people, or you just don't want to be nice to people. It's, I'm not setting up a an execution plan of being nice to people. So if I'm generally not nice to people, I will continue to not be nice to people. However, if I set a goal to do so, I need to uh, set plans and you need to uh, go survey goal people theory. now and be like. Do you feel that I was more pleasant? Well, no, but you can certainly set uh, a feedback group in and be like, uh, ask your spouse and or family member or good friend uh, weekly and be like, was I nicer this week? Did I, uh, you know, did I curse at you more or less often? Uh, was I, uh, did I, you know, go along those lines, you know? Um, How grumpy was so, I this week? Go from one to 10? Yeah, sure, exactly. So that, 
you got to set these goals. And so one last study I wanted to talk about here is a, is a small enterprise-oriented study that explored how goal-setting and entrepreneurial qualities affected the producti productivity of the employees and overall success of the organization. Results indicated the importance of marketing abilities of the organizational head to be significant, uh, significant influence in the company's goal-setting plans. And so this is more along the lines of if you as a leader, let's say you're in a company, you've got people that work for you. If you are not setting goals, that's going to affect everyone. If you are setting goals, that's going to be it's going to be a trickle down type of effect. Everyone else is going to recognize that you are improving and going in your company and uh, and follow suit and, and set goals also. So if you are stagnant in your position as uh, in work or in a family, then people are going to stagnate along with you. Uh, so uh, that's more or less what that study shows. Um, all right. Well, that's most of what we wanted to discuss tonight. Once again, resolutions are great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having good intentions, but if you want to move those intentions from your mind to reality, um, you need to follow a specific set of steps. And I think the most important one that I wanted to discuss, because a lot of these people know, but it's really that feedback loop in and and and, and commitment, those two together. You've got to commit to a lifestyle change. Yeah, Matt. I think it's really all five of those. I don't know that you can well, sure. set one. No, it, you can't. It really is the whole process. Yes. And it's just knowing about it so that you can execute it. It's really, really doesn't have to be knowledge is power. That difficult. Although uh, your goals should be difficult, they should be stretching. But yeah, the, this whole goal setting process not not that tough. Right. So. So, um, so what we're saying to our listeners is that they should set a goal to listen to us more frequently. They should. So they Which, should. Set it by listening to a podcast a week or more and go through it, right? And leave feedback for us. Your goal is to listen to Learn It From a Layman's whole library of content and to provide feedback for us. You should um, absolutely cut this part. Should we? No, yes. I was going to give an update well, like I always do on our listeners. Right now, we've got a run and gun uh, battle for second place in among the united states between california and texas and just going right back back and forth so california and texas we appreciate that's for who's listening to us most correct yes for for, for second place among the states now second place among the uh countries that listen to us once again still a just coming down neck and neck between the uk and india so sometimes uk is in the lead sometimes it's india Canada is still um, a nice third place. Uh, Canada, Australia actually sometimes trade places there in third, fourth. So everyone's goal should be to move up the learner from a layman uh, listener. Uh, rankings. Rankings, exactly. Yeah, and, what's uh, the value of that one? <laughs> Uh, quantified to be determined in a future day uh, when we distribute uh, swag. Uh, I don't know. I think I can determine that one pretty straight off here. <laughs> hey, well, you learn calculus, you learn quantum physics, you'll learn statistics and physics, uh, and now you'll learn goal setting. So the positive things that you'll get from learning from a layman is some some basic uh, familiarity with lots of different fields, and you can make a goal to uh, pick out the ones that you uh, like the most and uh, let us know which ones you would like us to cover. So with that said. 
uh, go uh, update those resolutions that you have made and um, come back for our next podcast, which will be really exciting. We've got another guest coming on. This is our first um, out of country. Well, that's not true. Actually, we've had you know, podcast guests out of the country before. But this uh, is my friend, Chris. Um, he's going to be visit, uh, visiting with us from uh, Suriname. And he'll be discussing Guyana with us. So we're looking forward to that a lot. Um, and join us back for that podcast.